Check. Check. You are listening to For the Love of God Podcast. For the Love of God Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. For the love of God! All right, here we go. Folks, welcome back to the show. This is Jason, your host, and I'm here with Rick Rieger and Nathan Jewell. Fellas, how are you? Well, just happy to be here in the studio with you, Jason. It seems like it's been days and days and days since we last did this. Yes. Yes, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, I missed it. I did too. It was, it's, it's a depressing time when we can't. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to say, it's just nice to see you with that big boom mic. See, I, I know that people can't see this. And so I want to just tell our listeners right now, he's not only got this really colorful board now in front of him, but now he's got this, uh, you know, not just the little basic stand like is in front of me, but now it's like a big old boom with multiple hinges and such. And he looks, he really does have the radio person. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a good looking man to begin with, but now with all this stuff, you know, he really looks like he should be actually at a radio He is studio. looking a little professional over he is. Isn't he? he is. And maybe Whereas someday. He might be a good looking man. I am definitely a, a man with a face made for radio. So <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. I, I'm with you, man. I, you know, I think we're in the same boat. You guys are too much. <laughs> well, today on the show, we, on this episode, we're talking about pride and hum. On this episode, we're talking about pride and humility. And, uh, but first do you have news. Yeah, I got some news, <laughs> but first we are going to do the news. I really think we need to work out like the type and the tone of the music because my music is at, or my, sorry, my, uh, my news today is actually kind of good. So the, the tone of the music doesn't really fit. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think, I mean, NBC, NBC they don't change their music because right. of the news. They, this is their music. That's okay. right. All right. Good, I'll, I'll good or bad. This is what you get. I, I got to side with Jason on that one. Sorry. Got to, got to do it. I, so I'm getting exactly what I paid for. Got it. So my news today is actually a follow-up on a previous news article. I mentioned about the 17 uh, uh, missionaries down in Haiti that were abducted. Uh, two of them have actually been released. There's not a yeah. whole lot of information about what happened or how or why. Um, there's not even a whole lot of information out there right now which of the two people were released because something like eight of them are kids. So I don't necessarily know what to expect there, but every little bit of movement is a positive thing. And apparently the, the two people who were released, um, the organization did put out a statement that they are healthy and that they are well taken care of and that they're recovering. That's good. So Now, although that may be good news, news to the rest of the world. I have to admit, Nathan, this is uh, bad news to me. Now you're probably thinking, well, why would that be bad news? Because see, I haven't been following, as you know, I don't really, I'm not totally, you know, listening to news all the time. And I heard a rumor that they had all been released a few days ago. <laughs> so you're actually bringing me down a notch saying that it was oh. only two. So I'm well, a little 
bit bummed out. Well, that's what I do is I just come over here and pour hot coffee on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, of course, I say that in jest, but it really, I did think they were all gone. They were all out, and that's sad that uh, it's only two. But hey, that is very good news that it's a start. It's a start. And there was eight altogether? Uh, 17 total. Oh, oh my eight goodness. eight of them are kids. Oh, eight or kids, uh, 17 total, and only two have been released out of the whole 17. And we don't even know. Uh, one of the people, I, I guess, was under one year of age, one of the kids. Wow. So I'm I'm hoping that's one of the, the two that was released, but you never know. Well, I assume that parents would have to be there if they're that young. So I would assume that they would have to stay together. Yeah. I almost rather the under one would stay with the mom right. and dad in yeah, the place because they really know no much. They don't, they don't know what's right. going on. They're just kind of there. And the older children. Children, seven, eight, nine, ten years old are freaking out. Okay. And one get the heck out of That's there. That's a fair argument. I'll, I'll give you that. That's a fair argument. Yeah. You might have changed my mind. I mean, they, they, the, the, this could damage them mentally for years to come where the right. baby will forget about it tomorrow. That's true. Right. Of course, now this is news and not would you rather. So I guess we don't really get to decide, <laughs> right? <laughs> true. It's an interesting would you rather question. <laughs> Would you rather have the baby go? <laughs> so I do have a follow-up to that that's a little more on the personal side with news. Okay. So um, just the just yesterday, I uh, so uh, I've if you've been to Bible study, you heard me talk about the little cat in the neighborhood that's multiple colors, this little tortoiseshell cat, and it gave birth to a, a litter of kittens. Well, they kind of disappeared and then slowly have started reappearing. And there was a moment where two of them were in my driveway. Mm. So I popped the garage open just a little bit, set a bowl of milk out, and when they came in and got to the milk, closed the garage door. So now I've got two wild cats that I'm in the process of trying to housebreak. So a little bit of goofy news, right? But it's something that's kind of keeping a, keeping a smile on me and Aaron's face <laughs> right before the holidays. So. Right. See, I, I, you know, I don't know if this is good news or bad news, but I read today where the long, a person was exonerated and released from prison after being held the longest of anybody that's ever been exonerated. 24 years, I think. 43 years. 43 years. 43 years he spent in prison and they just exonerated him and let him go. Wowzers. That so, do you know the full details? I, I don't. So he didn't do it. Uh, they believe that he didn't do it. I mean, obviously they exonerated him. So well, that, I mean, yeah, but, but that I there's mean, been yeah, a lot of that lately. It's all about you know. It's all about it's. Well, I think uh, I think they said it best on the movie. Uh, uh, what was it? Law Abiding Citizen. Mm -hmm. um, it's not what it's not what really happened. It's what you can prove. <laughs> That's right. And it's not even what you can prove. It's what you can make people believe. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, we may never know if he was truly guilty. But apparently, there was some some eyewitnesses. Oh, uh, an eyewitness who was compelled to state something inaccurate just because this man happened to have the same hairstyle as a person who was actually there. I think I actually read this article too, and she later came out and said that she was compelled and that kind of helped. And they, they wound up, I think the governor even pardoned the man. Yeah, I think it was, I, you know, there, there's a, it sounded like there was a good, ch a good chance anyway, that he yeah. was truly legit. It sounded, um, it sounded right. Yeah. Not guilty. And boy, that just makes my heart go out to the poor guy. I do have to say yeah. that your movie reference there, uh, law abiding citizen. If you haven't seen that one, it is a dark and, uh, it, it's a little violent, but it's one of my best movies. It's one of my top five. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that <laughs> is, it's not, I can't promote it because of that. It's not something that like, it's not, you know, it, it just has such a, you know, a good message message about the whole legal system. It does. You know, about how there's, it's definitely flawed. Yeah. But yeah, makes you think. 
the whole movie. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, when you were talking about dark and this and that, yeah. I, the movie by um, the, the book that, uh, what's his name, McCormack? He wrote... Uh, Keep going. I'll catch up eventually. I thought uh, McCormack was that chili guy. Yeah, like. I thought McCormack is the chili guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the seasonings. <laughs> the seasonings. <laughs> um... <laughs> Now we threw the chef off. <laughs> <laughs> now he's going into, wow, it is seasoning. Wow. Just- I wish I remember the name of it. I don't even know why I brought it up. What was the, what was the plot of it? Uh, this guy. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Yeah, this <laughs> did some stuff. This is where I. At that the, one time, at that one place. Yeah, editing is. The, well, actually, edit, it's kind of funny. Editing out, editing out. <laughs> See, this is a show on humility, and you have to be humble to allow others to laugh at your expense. <laughs> Therefore, you may want to consider leaving it. Well, he also wrote another book about, it's called The Road. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um, amazing book. Mm-hmm. It's coming Incredible around. movie. Have you seen it? Uh, no. Incredible. It is, it is a very depressing movie. Yeah. So is this where the darkness came from? That you were, no, it, that's you another started? book he wrote. Meridian, maybe? Uh, the Road to Perdition, I think, is by the same author, right? I don't know about that. I suppose I could have looked it up. I, I suppose I could have looked it up. Hey, you're here now. Um, Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, Cormac McCarthy. I, I blended Cormac his first Curry, name and his last name. Well, you were hey that I give you I give you kudos because probably closer than I would have gotten. He's a interesting writer. Actually, he doesn't use um, he doesn't use um, hyphens. He doesn't use periods or what? commas or anything. Okay, it's interesting, but it it very still very easy to read. Yeah, yeah even though you I've, don't know what a sentence ends. I mean, I think maybe there's periods, but there's no like. Other things. <laughs> so, in keeping with the Grant, of, grammatical, right? So, in keeping with the theme of being humble, I was wrong. Road to Perdition is actually not by the same author. Not by the same author. Okay, so it's the road. And the and road. what was the book that I we was were, a lot older than I thought? So, what was the book that we were referring to? Um, Blood Meridian. Oh, No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. That movie. It's a great movie. I. It, it's never, just about a guy on a killing spree. Really. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So, and since he, we're kind of. We have taken a and he real, had, we're gonna have well, to take a moment here. His weapon, his weapon of choice is like a like a dart gun kind of thing. It's insane, right? I don't know, but right. go ahead. Just give me a couple of your top five movies. Top five? Yeah. I mean, of all time, You're next. So start thinking. What? The, the, my all time favorites growing up. Okay. Breakfast Club. The Doors the movie. Okay. <laughs> um, Christmas Vacation. That is a really good one. Yeah. Um, Platoon. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, I, I don't know if it's my top five, but one is sticking in my head right now is another war movie, Uncommon Valor. I don't know that I've seen. That oh one. yeah, that's a good it's one. excellent. That's a good one. Yeah, it's old, right. older, old. Do you want yeah. to go next, or do you want me to go next? I, yeah, I don't care. All right, so top five for me. Uh, one of them is the movie called Unbreakable. If you're a dad, great movie. That movie is just fantastic. Excellent movie. The uh, the scene where the little boy is watching the dad bench press and he's adding more weight than dad realizes is just amazing. And the way he looks <laughs> at the dad, just think, yeah, that'll get you every time. Humor is Tommy Boy. Yeah. That movie, uh, that and Happy Gilmore will make me laugh over and over yeah, and over again. I agree. Um, more top fives for me are um, obviously Law Abiding Citizen, The Book of Eli. Oh, such a good one there. That's a very good one. And uh, beyond that, I'll probably say the Lord of the Rings mm, trilogy. Love is it. There too. I've seen it many uh, times. 
did a did a we did all three of them in one night in one sitting that's it was brutal (laughs) it's a long a little over nine hours of nothing but lord of the rings it was pretty incredible i did it i did it in a weekend with my nephews we brought them over and we had them they stayed over for the weekend and we watched all of them but i don't know about the same day i think that's that would probably push me even i'd I'd probably fell asleep No matter how good it is. Yeah, me and the boys. I would say uh, Taken is also on the list. That's a good movie. That's yeah. another dad movie coming to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my sad song is that I used to use, uh, I used to have a video implement, and I still do, but it's with, for, with different stuff now. But I used to want it to bring video into the messages on Sunday, into the services. And the reason being was twofold because I was a church planter and I needed time to transition from the worship to speaking. So that was part of my rationale. Plus, I wanted to have a different element that would would kind of set up the message and help people, you know, see a real live situation and then discuss it. And so uh, this was before, you know, you could pull things off YouTube or buy it from, you know, companies who, you know, media companies who do this for churches. So, uh, in fact, I started back in the day of VHS, which was hard. And I had to do all the editing with two VHS players, which is just a mess. But I started watching all these movies movies because I, every Sunday I would sit and think, now what scene from a movie would be good to do this? And so I watched so many movies as a result of doing that. I've seen more movies because I don't watch much television. I've seen, you know, I think I said this on the show before, you know, back in the old days when I owned a business, I used to watch everything like from 11 o'clock on because I was up late and I wasn't really watching. It was just kind of to seem like something was in the room. So I've seen like, or at least listened to every Frasier, every Seinfeld, anything on that time of night. But, um, these actually watched and I tried to remember them. So uh, Jason has seen my wall of DVDs. It's kind of ridiculous. So I, you know, anything I give is going to be highly inaccurate, but I would say just off my head, the money pit, if I don't say that, my daughter will kill me anyway. Uh, (laughs) One of my favorite movies as far as comedy, certainly Happy Gilmore's up there. uh, But even before that, I'm trying to think, what about Bob probably is one of my favorites of all times. Because just with my counseling background as well, it's just hilarious. There's a fantastic poem in that movie. Roses are red. <laughs> violets are blue. I'm a schizophrenic. And so am I. And so am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, from a sci-fi, definitely Independence Day. Love that movie all that the was, way through. That was one of those movies that would make you cheer. Right, exactly. So I have to put that on one of the top five, uh, just off the top of my head. Uh, because I'm recently thinking about it, and because of the fact that it does hit so heavy, I would have to say definitely a law-abiding citizen is up there at the very top um and i don't think that was five so there was another one that came to mind i don't remember what it was um yeah it's not coming to mind you did a better job of remembering stuff out of the clip. It's the only ones I can remember at the time, so they had to make my top five. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> They're probably, only two of them are literally my top five. The other ones I just remember. Oh, three of them. Three of them, I would say. The last two, two war movies, I liked them a lot, but if I if I had a if I had a hard list and it was definitely my top five is going on my tombstone, it wouldn't be on it. Oh, and I'm sorry, you actually <laughs> said one that I, I have to say. I on, on the spot, so this was off the yeah, top of your head. I didn't have time to think. I'm a comedy kind of guy. I like to laugh a lot. Um, and so I Christmas vacation and it's the one Christmas movie that I can watch because I don't like Christmas movies most of the time because they have nothing to do with Christmas. Well, this is just about a family during Christmas, so I can right. handle that. 
<laughs> like when you start bringing Santa into the picture, I mean, you know, I don't know. He's such a distraction to the true meaning. So I kind of avoid all those. I think that's what makes it so good. It's just. It's just family just, humor. Yeah. You're just watching a life, uh, the life of this family during a Christmas season. Right. And, and it, it's absolutely hilarious. So I'd put that definitely at the top because we watch it every year and I laugh and laugh and laugh at the just the stupidity. Yeah. If you can people. watch the same movie 20 years straight and laugh your head off every time, it, it's got to be good. Now, on a funny note, the first time I watched that was in the theater in El Dorado, Arkansas, where I was working at the time when I was working on the Sparrow Missile Project when I used to do engineering. And I thought it was stupid the very first time I watched it. But you know how I am. It's like it's at, it's later with music even. I'll listen to it and I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And then I start listening to it and think, oh my goodness, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And usually stuff that I like right away kind of kind of burns out after Fizzles. a while. It fizzles. But that was one that I didn't like. And then after a while, I kept watching it and watching it and realized, wow, this is hilarious. <laughs> I guess since we're in the in the season and all, my, my Christmas movie that I would probably add to the list is uh, The Christmas Story. That's yeah. one I can watch over and over and over again. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. You know, I didn't see that until like probably f- three or four years ago. And we finally broke down and watched it as a family. And we have seen it probably every Christmas since then. But yeah, I had never seen it. Everybody said, oh, that's such a good movie. And I never watched it. I've seen clips. The scene from him with the bully <laughs> makes it. When he gets shot in the BB gun? No, it's when <laughs> the bully's picking on him and he just finally snaps and gives the bully what for. Mm. <laughs> I just enjoy the- That speaks the, to my history a little I bit. I enjoy those Chinese people singing, fa ra 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 I don't know if I've seen it. I might have. It's silly, but it's worth a watch. But- it, anyway. it is not a movie you're going to like dwell on, but it is. It's definitely. I am very familiar with it. The little kid's got glasses, blonde hair. Yeah, I've seen a million little clips over the years, but uh, I can't put my arms down. Did he, didn't <laughs> didn't somebody get stuck to a telephone pole? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I did see flick. it. Yeah, <laughs> I might have seen it. Oh, I got to add another one. I mean, we might have to change the title of the show. Uh, <laughs> Continue. One of my favorite movies ever is Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, that is a good one. That's one of those movies you either love it or you hate it. Yeah, yeah. it's not my favorite, but yet we will watch it, it's pick so it apart, funny. and just laugh. And we'll, mainly, we'll just watch little clips from it. Yeah, we just did that last Sunday. I pulled up a little clip and we watched where he's like, "I got a new bike" or whatever. He's like, "You ever do any?" Uh, it's like rad jumps or something like that. And then he jumps over and, it, and the jump breaks apart. <laughs> Wow, this is like, uh, we should call this the distractions, you know, that, that we are yeah. totally distracted. We already did. But we okay. can reel we, it back in now. Yeah, we can reel it back in. Let's go back on topic. Jason, lead us the, lead us on to victory. <laughs> well, let's just play a game. Oh, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> It's time for you know, the I still can't believe games. you used that to make that clip. Yeah, man. Literally, for our listeners, I literally one week said, we need something bigger like the wheel of... Ga-. And he used my voice right there and actually made that. <laughs> Just hilarious. <laughs> um, Very creative, Jason. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> I have my moments. All right, let's spin the wheel. Actually, I'm going to have a spinner today. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's hanging on for dear life. Spin again. True or false? True or false. Please spin again. You've been denied. (laughs) 
True or false? True or false. So I went last time, so it's you guys. Holy crud, that was loud. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Uh, we'll start with Nathan. Messiah and Christ. Well, before you do this, I'm going to say false, true, true, false, true. <laughs> See, I tried that before. Okay, your hand has to keep track of yours and mine will keep track of mine. How's that? Okay. All right. All right. Messiah and Christ are one in the same title. Messiah and Christ. Well, they are. They both point to one person, but a Messiah is a savior, whereas Christ is a leader. It is a... Uh, that's a little tricky. I agree. I think ah, uh, you're helping. Me. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know I'm gonna answer. read into it too much. Let's <laughs> let's say true. Or you're hurting him. And just see way. what it says. Yeah, you're going with true. Yeah. I think it's false because there there were. You know what? I did start with saying false, so I'm gonna I, stick with I, my pattern. Let's say false. You're going to go false now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was Wrong. right. It's true. <laughs> Messiah in the Old Testament. See, he did lead you astray. And he not, did not help you. Messiah in the Old Testament, as well as Christ in the New Testament, are one yeah, the same title meaning anointed one (laughs) did you know that one rick i did i knew that one see i'll be honest with you if i didn't i didn't do that one what i was thinking was there were other people that were christ-like there were not the christ but see the christ was always a title to me whereas messiah was a descriptor so they were pointing at the same person right to to say that they are equal is not 100 percent true but for the purposes of these questions they don't typically go as deep into thought as I do on these. All right, next. Next. The Bible often talks about churches in the New Testament. Only in the Old Testament, however, it is is a pulpit mentioned. Will we reread that? Oh, only in the Old Testament do they mention a pulpit. Yeah, so that's the word. tough. The Bible often the talks about pulpit. churches in the New Testament. Only in the Old Testament, however, is a pulpit mentioned. So in other words, they're saying that a pulpit is not mentioned. That's another way to say that question. In the New Testament, they only talk about churches, not pulpits. In the Old Testament, they talked about pulpits. They actually talked about temples. I don't know. I'm not pulpit. I'm probably going to disagree with the answer. You're probably going to disagree with the answer? I just feel like they want me to say true, but I just feel like it's not right. I'm going to say false. False. Uh, it's true. That, I knew they were going to say I that. See, I disagree with that. Ezra. About the seat of Moses, which is really the pulpit of the Old Testament or the New Testament. Um, when when the new church was going around to the Jewish, uh, uh-huh. can't think of the word, where the Jewish people would meet. Ezra, the scribe, stool. Ezra, the scribe, stood on a pulpit of wood, which they had made for this for the purpose. Nehemiah, 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 eight And that's the only place they're referring Nehemiah. to. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm a little bit torn by that one, but yeah, okay, zero I, to zero it is. Let's move on. All right, let's go on. Jesus wants everyone to come to repentance. That's a duck question. Well, I did say true would be my second answer, so let's go with that. True. If that was false, I was going to say, okay, we need to stop and get a new person. I don't even have to read the scripture. Everybody does it. Joseph purchased a lot of land for Pharaoh. Well, see, that's true and false. He he tech well, he technically traded it for grain, but it is true he did acquire land. So I'm going to say true. It's probably false. He it traded probably is, it, but regardless, he acquired the land. So true because the famine in Egypt was so severe all right. farmers sold their field in exchange for grain so that's, they sold it for grain yeah I mean that's, that's the, why the was, grain was the money that's yeah. why the Jewish people became enslaved to Egypt that's right that's right there were many wars in Solomon's days like father like son and whose day like Solomon's Solomon Solomon many wars salmon <laughs> <laughs> King Salmon I've never heard of King that King Salmon I'm gonna say no 
No, so false. So read the question one more time. There were many wars in Solomon's days, like father, like son. I don't think there there, there were that many wars during that period of time. There were skirmishes, but I don't know if there were wars. I'm going to say false. Okay, you're correct. Judah and Israel lived safely, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan, even Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. First Kings. Cool. I agree with that one. Solomon's, another Solomon. Solomon's temple was exceedingly great and was supported by many pillars. True. False. No doubt the temple was awesome. So it's two temples, two pillars. But there was only two pillars. I I was going to say that, but I thought, oh man, you know, pillars. I wasn't even thinking of the men. But yeah, because obviously that's. And they had names. That's when, uh, what's his face, pushed it apart. um, Joshin and Boaz. Right, because Samson pushed him apart, and that's how the temple, yeah. Joshin, Joshin, Joshin. All right, continue. If you read one chapter of Proverbs a day, then you can finish the whole book in about a month. Correct. Proverbs has 31 chapters, so I guess it depends on which month you read it. So one chapter a day would see you finish book in a month. Yay. But not in June. (laughs) (laughs) Or the other ones. Or February. Especially February. (laughs) Jesus' mother descended from the royal line of King David. That is true. Not Mary, but Joseph was the one who descended from David. What did you say? Oh, oh, for crying out loud. Again, I didn't think about it. You see how quickly I I said it? I was with you. I was shaking my head. Yes. They both descended from the line of David. That was a trick question. They both did? Mm Mm-hmm. That's that. Not Mary. This is not Mary, but Joseph. Joseph was a direct descendant of David. But not Mary. But Mary's family came through the line. I thought so too. Well. Yeah, I think you're right about that. But I was I was actually thinking about really Joseph. So I yeah, that was a trick question. They were trying for a trick question. But now we'll have to research. How many questions are we at? Uh, f- uh, this will be my will be fifth. Fifth one. And yours? That was your fifth? No, that, that, was, that was his fourth. And how many score do you have? Yeah, he's going to win. How many wins? Well, I've only got one, I think. One right? Two? I got three. Three right. Three? Joshua stretched his arms over the River Jordan to stop the water so Israel could cross on, on dry ground and move into the promised land. Joshua? Joshua. Sounds fishy. Let's read that one more time. Joshua. Just because they're talking about a river, right? Stretched his arms over the River Jordan to stop the water. So Israel could cross on dry ground and move into the promised land. Uh, I was trying to be very careful with the words there because the River Jordan is in Israel. I know that Moses didn't make it to, he could see the promised land. I'm going to say it's true. (coughs) False. The River Jordan was indeed dried up. That was because of the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant, touched the edge of the water. Yeah, just one of those things. So three, one, to find a good wife, Isaac went back to his father Abraham's country and found Rebecca at the well. True. False. False. Abraham had asked a servant to find yeah, a, a wife for his oh, son Isaac. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, see, I, 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 I went well. with all just like immediate and tried to not think it. I'm not going to use that strategy anymore. I'm going to overthink everything now again because <laughs> then I remember stuff. Because <laughs> like I knew the first one, they wanted me to say something. I knew the second one if I'd have just thought so, it through. But yeah, I, I'm glad to lose once in a while. Nate so. wins. But you know why? Because this is on humility and I've got to be humble. You get both. Good job. I'll take it. I don't get well, to win very often. I, I know. Well done. Well, well done. done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. <laughs> <laughs> That's that a little, little bit of the context, opposite of the humble right there. No. Every time I hear well done, it, it comes in my head. 
Probably because you say it all the time. Something that I want to remember and, and look forward to, you know, that's it. See, I, you know, heaven's one thing. It's great. The, the pictures the Bible paints of, the, of heaven, they're like, you know, okay, I just want to be in God's presence. But what really stands out to me is when, when I get to heaven, when I get to confront, if Jesus gives me a well done, my good and faithful servant, I'll be happy. You know, just toss me out in the pond for the rest of my life, eternity and I don't care. That will be a well worth it there. Jesus yeah. did a whole lot. If I can get that one thing, I know I'm not going to repay him because there's no way I could, but just to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it like, I don't want it to be like high school, getting through it by the skin of my teeth. Okay, folks. I got D minuses, man. That's still passing. Um, pride and humility. What does the Bible say about humility and pride? Well, Proverbs eleven twelve. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But when the humble is wisdom. But with the humble is wisdom. Uh, nine. Um, Peter. First oh, Peter five five. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm. Good stuff. So if my child scores four touchdowns in a football game at his high school, is it wrong of me to be proud of him? Are you asking us now? I'm asking. I guess you can't ask the audience because it's going to be tough for them. I'll never get an answer. (laughs) Well, that's not true. You might get a text or (laughs) whatever on the website. You know, they at least won't disagree with you. Right. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it's it's okay to be proud of our children, uh, but I think even that can be taken too far. I think when it becomes a source of personal pride, that, you know, that's a little different. Like to say, you know. If I score four touchdowns in a game, is it wrong for me to be proud of myself? It's, I mean, it's not wrong to feel good about that. You know, it depends on whether you're taking it to the point of boasting. Okay. Taking it to the so point. So is that, is that where it draws a line? Uh, if you If you go around bragging? And boasting about it, that's when the pride gets in the way. So pride is is a little, it's, it's kind of tricky. difficult. It's kind of difficult to, to put a finger on. I agree. I so some fingers. I want some fingers. Really, <laughs> what pride is, is the idea that I come first. As Christians, we walk in submission to Christ. Right. Christ tells us that we, we need to pick up our cross and follow him, right? The whole part of that, and, and Pastor Rex talked about this a lot, is the dying to self. Okay. So pride is me saying, I don't need you. I can do this myself. That's correct. I'm now, sometimes good. it doesn't even require you to say, I don't need you. Well, you don't literally say those words. Sometimes it's just a matter of thinking. You just never go to the God for help. Yes. You never ask him for healing. You never ask him for financial assistance. You never, yeah. yeah. You got any kind of guidance. That's that's the kind of pride that the Bible says. That's what they're talking about. haughty and comes before the fall. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. Now, because I've been, I've been like doing good things and avoiding any kind of pride. Now, the same side. I give glory to God when something good happens to me. Well, now, you know, again, I don't want to cut you off, but I think just because you brought that up, let's let's stop and, and talk about that for a second. Now, I, I don't necessarily, and this is why I was careful when I when I was responding <laughs> to your first question, right. because I don't know that it's wrong for us to feel good about something. It's it, it, There's difference between feeling good about something and and taking it to a level of like taking credit for it. You know, like for example, when you do something good for God, mm-hmm. okay? 
what who who's really ultimately responsible for what you did did you uh did you determine how you were going to be born who you were going to be born to what skills you were going to have what sp- when you became a christian do you determine what spiritual gifts no i mean everything really does go back to god you know it's kind of like i say on sunday sometimes you know we might you ford might have made my car but they didn't use anything that they made they used god's stuff he made everything that went into my car so ultimately i got to give god the credit had he not created a planet, had he not given humans the gifts, right? You know, he provided would, the resources. Right. He provided the brain, right? Now, does that mean I shouldn't go to the Ford guy, you know, who you know developed a Fiesta that I drive and say, "Good job, sir"? You know, no. There's nothing wrong with saying no. "good job," and there's nothing wrong with him feeling, "Hey, I, I did a good job." It on took that. a lot of work and research yeah. and development, and but at the same time, you know, in in reality, we should glorify God in everything we do, and so especially when we're doing ministry, it would be wrong for you to go around bragging about it. You know, the fact is, is that no one comes to God without him drawing us. The fact is, is no one does good on this planet without God giving us that inspiration, truly good, eternal good. And so I think it's, it it can become very dangerous when we feel so good that we begin to publicize ourselves versus the Lord. You know, basically the Bible says that even your salvation is by grace and not by works so that no man could boast. There's over and over we see that boasting in the Bible is wrong, saying, you know, well, I did this, well, I did that, you know. In fact, people, we get we get into like people, we get into, you know, oh, this pastor's good because he does this, or this worship leader's good because he does that. And you know what? The, what? It's no different than what happened back in, you know, Paul's day. He said, you know, some people say, I follow Apollos. Some people say, I follow Paul. He goes, who in the heck is Paul? Who the heck is Apollos? We just water and plant according to God. God's the only one making it grow. So glory. Him. Mm-hmm. We don't follow Paul. We don't follow Apollos. We follow God. So everything Paul did was pointing to God. Now, it he, he, and he boasted in God, but yet at the same time, he did good things. And you, you can tell from his word that he was very happy with his accomplishments. Well, he said to himself, be like me because I am like Christ. Right. So it wasn't, but he'd never really said, I'm, you know, I'm better than, you know, than so-and-so, right. um, you know, he, he doesn't talk about, you know, he doesn't boast in all of his accomplishments as much as he wants to point everything towards Christ right. and glorify him because there's dangers in doing that that, you know, we, we start doing things for the wrong reasons, you know, and eventually, you know, we're going to lose a lot of our blessings. The fact is, is when we, you know, you read it earlier, when we are proud, God resists us. In fact, Paul, you know, now that we're into this, Paul said, I, I had this, you know, this physical thorn, thorn, something mental. It could have been a mo- who knows what it was. We don't know, but it was some kind of thorn that was placed in his side. And he said, I asked God three times, please take it away. So it was something that agitated him, something that bothered him, something that was, you know, maybe made life a little harder. Okay. We don't know what it was. Um, but, but God came back and said, my grace is sufficient. And it brought Paul to the conclusion, you know what, because of this experience, I, I boast in my weakness because when I am weak, God is strong. Now, if you unpack that little phrase, a lot starts to become clear for us. When we believe that we can do this, you know, I can do this. Even, even as Christians, we don't say, oh, I can, I don't need God. I don't think any true Christ follower would ever say, I don't need God. I mean, right. 
right? Right. Uh, none of you guys, I don't think, would say that, right? No. But a, a good example of somebody who might not say that, but might believe it, is somebody who is spending a way more time investing, and they're not. They're not. They're they're relying on the returns of their investments more than they're relying on the grace of God. That's an example of of somebody who might say, who might not say, I don't believe it, but the actions would show it. Right. But it, it could even be more subtle. You know, we, uh, you know, it, it, even doing this podcast, you know, I know, Jason, your heart is I want to reach people. You know, I want people to, 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 you know, grow and learn and come to know Jesus, even that might not walk into the, you know, in the four walls of a church, you know, somebody that might need a little humor to, you know, help them to, to connect. Um, and that's great. But if you just went off and just always did your own thing, always focused on your effort and never coupled it with prayer. Um, which I know you do, you know, this morning I, I text him, I say, what's the plan? He goes, well, I'm out in the woods right now praying and just waiting for God to talk to me. You know, that tells me, <laughs> I know that you're out there doing that. But if you're, if you're only doing what, you know, face it, Jason, you're, you're a pretty smart guy. You know, God's given you some talents some some gifts and you could do some great stuff. Even if you were not a Christ follower, I, there's no doubt about that, right? You could do some really good stuff. And often we forget that what God wants to do is God-sized stuff, not man-sized stuff. And so when we start, we don't even think, I don't need God. We just know what needs to be done and we go do it under our own strength sometimes. Paul was saying, you know what? It's in my weakness that I'm strong because when I'm, when I think I've got it all together, when I'm kind of acting in the flesh, I thinking I got it all together and I'm not brought to my knees in prayer, then I can only do little things, not necessarily bad things, but only little things. But in my weakness, when God says, man, I need you to do something monstrous. And I realized, God, I'm just not the man. I can't do this. We have no, no, uh, there's no alternative, but to go to God and say, God, if I'm going to do this, it's you, you know? And it, that's when God gets to be glorified, right? It's like praying over somebody who's blind. When you pray over somebody who's blind, it's all God or it ain't happening. There's nothing you can do. I think I might use that as an example one time on another podcast. I apologize for the repeat, but you know, there's nothing you can do. It's all God. And, but with other things, sometimes we can kind of cruise along and not really, not really involve God. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, very real to you. I have spent not just weeks, but maybe months in the ministry doing work. And, and I, I realized I was, I put my relationship with God on cruise control and I was just doing what man could do. And God brought me to my knees and it's like, you know what, if you want me to work in people's lives, you got to be humble, sir. <laughs> you got to cry out for me because it's not about what you can do. You know, we learn in, I think it's Psalms says, and I don't remember the one, but it says, unless God builds the house, you know, the, the work of the builders in vain, right? So uh, I say all that to say, you know, I think humility has many facets. It's number one, it's not boasting. It's giving all praise and glory to God. Um, it's also realizing our desperate need for God in every situation. And those kind of go hand in hand. If, you know, the Bible says uh, in John 15 that, you know, without Christ, you know, we can do nothing. You know, do we really feel that way? Because, you know, Jason, I think you're a pretty good chef, you know, and you were probably a good chef before you knew Christ, right? Yeah. So <laughs> what does that mean? You know, well, I was a pretty good. It means uh, I practiced for years. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but without Christ, you can do nothing. It doesn't. I mean, that is true. You could not chef 
without Christ, because the Bible says that Jesus, his hands were used to create all, you know, everything in, in, that we see. So in, in all actuality, that is a true, true statement, but I think there's more to technically, that. Technically, yes, it is. Technically, yeah. but there's more to that. I think what he's saying is you can do nothing of any eternal value, right? You know, you can do the you stuff. You can cook, but you're right. not going to heal anybody. Right. <laughs> you, and especially that main healing, which is healing somebody of their loss, you know, their, their, their lostness, healing them by seeing them become saved. You, we can't save a single soul. Right. And so without Christ, we're dead in the water with all that. So it's not only about realizing our complete need for him. It's also about submission. And that that's a tougher one because it's not just submission to God, but it's submission even to those people in our sphere of influence that God has called to help us to learn. And I think in this modern day and age, this is a big one that's that that I've seen really devastate the church in in all honesty. Uh, the point let me try to make that point. So you know, God, the Bible says that God has, a, has appointed pastors and teachers in order to train and equip the saints for ministry. Okay. Depending on what translation you have, it may say it's slightly different, but the wording is not important. It's the, the theme there is that, you know, pastors and teachers and apostles and those others that are listed are there to train and equip people for ministry and to build them up. Well, you know, people go to church, but they're like, you know what, you know, there's a lot of books out there by other pastors and other people. And you know what, you're not always on top of things. I don't think you're that smart. So, you know, I don't need you to teach me. Oh, they'll come to get their check mark and hang out with their Christian friends, but you know, they decide who gets to teach them. Um, YouTube has made it even harder, you know, well, you know, I watched this video and I don't think you're right. I don't think I need to worry about, you know, I don't think I need to listen to you at all. And it's not about, you know, pastors beefing themselves up. It's just that I think we like to be in charge, right? That's, that's p- pride. That's pride, right? We like to be in charge. And sometimes we get to the point where, well, I don't mind if God is in charge of me, but you know, I'm not letting any man be in charge of me. But a problem is that's not what the Bible says. We should be submissive even to our government, you know, and our, our political leaders, even though they might not even be biblical because God says, you know what, they're in charge, unless of course they're defying the Bible. And we've talked about that before. Yeah. Then we have an obligation to stand up and that includes our pastors and anybody that we would leave, you know, that would be in charge of us. But we're also be to be submissive to submissive to our dads, to our moms and dads, um, to our husbands and to, I believe it's, it's mutual submission. And we can talk about that sometime on a husband and wife, you know, thing, but I believe we should be submissive to our wives as well as to our husbands, um, submissive to our Bible study leaders, submissive to our pastors, you know, that that's the only way we're going to grow. And so a lot of times I think that humility is realizing, you know, that I can learn from anybody, you know, I can learn from a child sometimes, you know, and anybody who's, who's, uh, you know, who is, uh, filled with the Holy spirit, I believe we can learn from. So I think there's a whole lot of aspects of humility, but, pro- but Bible says that pride causes us to be in opposition to God it says God resists the proud. And I believe we can also, you know, he can resist sometimes people that are still in, you know, still children of his and they're, you know, saved and they're gone to heaven. But when they get prideful, he resists them, but it says he comes alongside of those who are humble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I've talked forever, so I need to shut up, but you guys chime in, man. What do you think? I think you kind of hit it on the head. 
I don't really have too much to add. I kind of piped in where I had a, where I thought I had a thought to add. Well, when you were talking about submitting yourself to your pastor and learning from the church you're at, mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, not even the church, even the people. Or even the too. people yeah. at the church. Um, <clears throat> I agree 100%. However, if you want further learning, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with diving into other teachers. Oh, absolutely not. No, and, and that's not what as I'm saying. What I'm saying as you it, are discerning and you are not a baby Christian. Right. 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 Yeah. That is very true. And there's a whole if lot you of know, other discussion that we could get into. Yeah. That. I mean, if you know whether teaching is theologically correct. Right. There's absolutely, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. I'm saying that sometimes people can cross that line where they're really moving into a state of pride and they can't be trained anymore. Because, you know, face it, we can always find somebody who says what we want them to say. Right. And take and right. choose. And that happens way too frequently. And I'm just saying that, you know, God, you know, that's why there's a judgment for pastors. You know, it, we're going to be judged harder. Oh, absolutely. Because we're going to be responsible when we led somebody astray. Absolutely. And so the the beauty of having the, the church as a system is, is God is like, look, you can't, you know, he's looking at that pastor saying, look, you got to make sure that you're not getting them off track and you're responsible, dude. So be careful what you're taught. And I know there's a lot of pastors who don't seem to care about that. And I know it makes us all look bad, but you know what? The Pharisees made church leaders look bad, <laughs> you know, and that's, Indeed. that started right off at the, you know, at the very beginning. So, you know, that's always going to happen. And that's why we need, as Nate pointed out, you know, we need discernment and all that, but, um, you know, ministry and all that, I believe is supposed to be under the umbrella of, uh, of some sort of leadership. And that helps us to stay on track. I'm not saying we can't go to other sources. I'm just saying that we can't, it's not about that. It's about that heart that says, I don't need any one person, you know, because quite honestly, sometimes it is an issue of pride and humility. Like I can, I don't know, for example, I don't know, Francis Chan's a guy I refer to a lot because, you know, he kind of, you know, he, he jazzes me up because I feel like he's really humble. He's, Maybe yeah. he's not, you know, I'm, I, he just seems to be, I don't know him personally. He loves Jesus. I don't know him personally, but I really feel like he truly loves Jesus. And when I listen to his messages, I don't see anything unbiblical and he really inspires me. So, um, but I don't know Francis Chan. Right. All right. So it's easy for me to follow him because I don't have a relationship. With him. I'm not, I've not seen the crud he's done, you know, and he's making mistakes because he's a sinner just like you and me. Yeah. He struggles. We've all made mistakes. Right. And so he struggles. But now, Nathan, I know a lot of the cred he's done, okay? He's shared with me, and I've seen stuff that he's done. I've seen, you know, I've heard things that he said that maybe is not something I would have said. And so I go to Bible study, and I could be instantly prideful. Say, well, I'll listen to Francis Chan, because I don't have any connection to him. And, you know, in, in my mind, he's, you know, he's an okay dude. But I know that Nate's a human being. And so I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to submit to his teaching. You know what? A lot is some of his teaching is just as, you know, I'm sure most of his teaching is just as good as, you know, it's just as biblically accurate, but that's the difference. You know what I'm saying? I think it's easy for us to, uh, to submit to people that we don't know. And that's why sometimes submitting to our spouse is so difficult because we know them, we know their mistakes. And that, you know, people had the same problem with Jesus. They said, oh, who's Jesus? He's just that dude that played stickball with our kids. Right, I'm not submitting to him. Built the shed, you know, and it was a a humility, pride issue. So I I guess I state that is because that's one of the ones that I think isn't as obvious and it gets us just in as much trouble. Yeah. You know, the Bible says that we are literally 
to look at others, and, and I guess there's a fourth element of this, is how we treat people. Um, we, are, we are told to treat people as slightly more important than ourselves. And this is even more so in this realm of where we know people. You know, I know some mistakes that Nathan's made. He knows some mistakes that I've made. And it would be easier for us to say, you know what? He's not better than me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know what he's done. But that's not humility. Jesus looked at us and said, you guys all deserve death. But I'm looking at you. Now, we're not better than Jesus. I think we can all clearly say that, right? Correct. And I don't think he was saying that, but he was saying, I'm going to treat you as if you're more important than me, and I'm going to die in your stead. That's the view he had. I don't, he knew that we weren't better than him. One of the he more, was perfect. One of the more common ways that pride manifests itself in the church is through legalism. You're, you'll have people who like, you know, we don't drink, dance, swear, lie, you know, all those things like that, right? <laughs> right. Um, drink, smoke, cuss, you hang out, those do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just a matter of a lot of times that's pride that's manifesting because quite frankly, the church, it grows through prison ministries where you're dealing with people who you know are guilty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's supposed to grow through service-oriented ministries to orphans and uh, widows. You know, if your doors are open and you're judging the rest of the people that are in the congregation, <clears throat> you're in a bad place because ho- churches are hospitals for broken people. Right. And you should have the doors open, ready to take in the next broken person because you know what? You're just as broken as they are. Mm-hmm. Amen. But the thing is, is a lot of us don't like to admit with humility just how broken we are. We Right. We like to pretend that we got our stuff together and that, you know what, I'm, I've, I'm good. I can earn my way to heaven. No, you can't. No, you can't. Right. I mean, because if you look at even your best, your best gifts are filthy rags. Right. You know, it's just all of us in so many ways in the Cain and Abel story are Cain. Yeah. We've offered less than our best. Right. And he loves us anyway. Even knowing the kind of failures that we would be, he, he extended his love right. and, and, and he reached out to us to draw us near and then paid the penalty for our sins. If somebody else is coming into your church that you know is broken, love them. Don't judge Amen. them. Amen. Love them. Yeah. And <clears throat> kind of going back to what you were saying about, you know, his mistakes. Why should I submit to his teaching? Right. right. Well, when we know their mistakes and do not submit to their teaching because of that, it's really an unforgiving heart. Yeah, you're right. And we have to forgive, first of all. Um, but another thing, Christ, when he, when he forgives our sins, he doesn't just forgive our sins, and but remembers them. He completely wipes them out. Mm-hmm. He, he does not remember them anymore. They're gone. Thrown away, it never happened. Right. And if we are to be like Christ, shouldn't we treat our brothers the same? I'm with you 100%. I That's forgive you what you've done. Right. Forget about it. It's over. It's in the past. I don't know. Please teach me. Go yeah. ahead. Because whatever you did before, it's gone now. Right. That, that reminds me, actually, I was listening to a few days ago, I was listening to John Piper and he was talking about humility and 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 it just the, the different elements. And he gave like five or six points. And he was saying one of those things is that all humility is really driven by the gospel. And it's driven from the fact that since God has forgiven us of all these sins, we got to be forgiving towards other people. And that's what drives us to humility. It's not not a personality trait or something we build up. It's, it's comes from a position where we realize, you know what? I can't look my no- down my nose at this guy or this gal because you know what? I'm just as bad. Mm-hmm. And we tend to compare ourselves all wrong anyway. We compare ourselves, you know, by, you know, our, our perceptions, intentions and- by our intentions. 
things and we buy we we uh, we look at other people by their you know their actions but also it, by what we perceive because you know we don't see everything everybody does and so we're comparing apples and oranges and in fact not even apples and oranges apples apples and chicken meat you know so <laughs> they're not even fruit and we're and we're you know it's just not fair because you know we might be really good in fact i've i i'm not going to name them but uh, some people in my life um they don't go to church with me or anything so it's nobody in our church but uh these people are like hey we don't they're, literally they're the people that nate talked about earlier you know we don't we don't cuss we don't drink we don't go out and party we don't take drugs we don't even watch movies that have filth on them you know mm-hmm. we're good but if you asked them when's the last time you used your spiritual gift they won't know what their spiritual gift is they won't they couldn't tell you the last time they did ministry is that not just as sinful you know i mean it's probably worse I, I could probably agree and make a case that it is worse. I mean, I'd rather somebody go watch a violent movie and cuss out a guy at the traffic light and then go <laughs> preach Jesus to 10 people than uh, not yeah. do any of those things at all. Yeah. I mean, you're not really doing any. Point. Yeah, you're you're a, you're a good human being by not cussing that guy at the traffic light. It cuts you off and, and you watched a really, really lovely movie. But how many people have you told Jesus about? So this is a really good point to remember that if hypocrites are the only people that are keeping you away from the church, come on down, friend. We got room for one more. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all that means is a hypocrite's closer to God than you are. And yeah, the church is going to be full of hypocrites because it's full of broken people. Right. Now take the person that watches good movies, doesn't cuss, doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs, and preaches Jesus. It's a pretty good dude. Now that's the best, <laughs> that's, that's the best of all worlds. That's a pretty good dude. But even then, but that even person then. is it really can't be boastful or proud because everything he's doing is it's by through the, the spirit, God, yeah. and through the spirit yeah. who has given him the power and the desire to do what pleases. I God. couldn't. I couldn't have done. I couldn't have walked away from all the evil things I did without the spirit. The credit all goes to him. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have stopped my filthy mouth on my own. I couldn't have stopped watching porn on my own. I couldn't, you know, start to listen to Christian music on my own. <laughs> I do that because the spirit is in me helping me. Yeah. It doesn't want to watch it. It doesn't no want to hear it. It doesn't, you know. Actually, you know, the first time I met you and uh, and you were telling me, you know, the kind of lifestyle and I'm like, and how long have you been a Christian? And you're like, uh, since August. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I it re- immediately, I'm like, you know what? That's a Holy Spirit thing because people just don't radically change. Trust me, this is a pastor of 30 years speaking, almost 30 years, and a counselor who's worked with people to make change in their life. And I know that change is hard and people resist it. And even when they want it, it's it can be difficult. And so, yeah, the, that kind of change. And so I don't say that to say, yay, Jason. Well, yay that you're here, but you know, I know that's a Holy Spirit thing. Right. So sorry, I can't give you credit, man. I'm not taking it. But I'm, thank you, I'm thankful you're here. <laughs> I thank God for I, you all the time, I, Jason. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Um, One thing uh, I want to kind of, and I don't know, this kind of goes along with our last point. You you said something earlier and it triggered my mind. I don't remember what it was, but Colossians chapter three, you know, uh, maybe it was Nate actually. Uh, Chapter three, verse 12 and 13 says, since God chose you to be his holy people. Okay. Now, did you hear that? God chose you. You know, we, you know, we didn't choose God. He brought us in, you know, like crazy. He was, he's responsible. You must clothe yourself with tender hearted mercy 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Sounds like we're going to be dealing with some people who are, you know, less than perfect, right? Mm -hmm. But guess what? We're less than perfect. Make allowance, 13 says, for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And I guess I'll read 14 too. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And I really believe that humility, it's kind of mentioned in the center out of that. I guess love is really the overarching thing because it pulls everything together. But it takes humility to be gentle with people, to be kind with people, to overlook their their faults and problems. And so I think, um, you know, we've just got to be very, very careful because it's easy to be prideful and not even know we're being prideful, you know, especially like in church. I think you might have mentioned this, Nate, but I've seen a lot of times, you know, people, they read the scripture and it seems like every time they read scripture, all they see is other people's problems. Oh, yeah, Jason, he needs to hear that word. Oh, yeah. Oh, Nate, he needs to hear that. Oh, Rick, that. Oh, that dude needs to hear this. And I never hear those people talk about, man, I needed this is pointing to me. (laughs) Right. I need to change. It's I've seen so many people who, you know, will go around and just slam people. I can't believe you're into that. I can't believe you would allow that. I can't believe you'd allow that. But all the time, they're the very people that, you know, they're they're gossiping. They're I mean, even in, in a way, even that's a sin because we should go to people humbly to correct them, you know, in brokenness, humbly and in love and say, you know, are, are you sure that this is maybe the best thing for you? You know, that's the way we should go to people. Not, oh, you're, you know, you're a sinner. You know, I can't believe you're doing that. I rebuke you, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And so even that can be a form of pride, just going around and correcting people. And certainly as a pastor, I got to watch that because, you know, it's easy to, you know, hey, I teach these people every week. I I see him do stuff. Oh, you know, I got to go tell him. Uh, no, you know, whenever I do go to correct somebody, that's the hardest thing I have to do. I'm not going to lie to you to correct somebody who I genuinely think God is saying, look, you need to do this, buddy. I know you hate it. I'm going to love you through it. <laughs> But, you know, I got to prepare for that. I mean, I got to get in my, you know, I got to put on my humble shorts, you know what I mean? <laughs> my humble suit and really realize, you know, Rick, you are, you know, you are yourself wretched, dude. So let's go into this with humility and love. Yeah. Um, so it's not something I can go in and say, dude, you are wrong. Right. A lot of elements there of, of humility and pride. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered this topic. Um, let's do uh, songs of the week. Okay. I've actually got one this week. Oh. I feel like I want one on pride or humility, <laughs> and I don't have one. <laughs> I, well, uh, well wait. I might be able to speak to that for you, Rick, because oh. the song I was picking this week is Zach Williams' Less Like Me. Well, hold that oh, thought. There you go. Probably not going to use that in the future. I, I was just trying to give you some, you know, fuel. fuel. Since you did the wheel of games, I was trying to give you some ammunition. Oh well, we probably won't. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nathan, go ahead. So the song I pick is Zach Williams' uh, "Less Like Me." So I'll just read uh, some of the lyrics. So, oh, I have days I lose the fight. 
Try my best, but just don't get it right. Where I talk a talk that I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. Somebody with a hurt that I could have helped. Somebody with a hand I could have held. When I just can't see past myself, Lord, help me be. A little more like mercy, a little more like grace. A little more like kindness and goodness and love and faith. A little more like patience, a little more like peace. A little more like Jesus, a little less like me. Mm. Nice. Nice. What you got for us, Jason? Well, my song see i picked this before we put it on the list (laughs) we're playing it this week oh (laughs) um it was a suggestion that i brought to the table oh well it was your suggestion so that's 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 okay he is by david crowder if you're troubled heavy-hearted come to jesus and find your peace if you are run down empty-handed come to jesus and find your strength he is hope for the hopeless rest for the weary help for the hurting he is he is Mending the broken, bearing the burdens, all that you're needing, he is. It's a great song. It is. Another great song by David Crowder. <laughs> He's done a few of them. Yeah. Just a few of them. It's on fire. And I appreciate you uh, not only sharing that with the uh, audience, but also with me. And uh, now we're doing it on Sunday. Fantastic. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. And uh, mine this week, I'm going to go with uh, the new Mac Powell song. I We did one a couple weeks ago when he did a single. And I'm going to call him out once again because this uh, this song really spoke to me. It's it's and it's a, kind of a unique music style. I kind of like kind of the way he went, just a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the ex-lead uh, ex singer for Third Day. And they retired here a few years back. Um, kind of interesting group. They went from like kind of alternative uh mainline Christian music and then kind of went really into worship. Uh, which I thought was a bold move during that time, you know, uh, kind of pressing into God versus, you know, hey, let's see how much more money we can make. Right. And then uh, now he's done a solo album and uh, this album's called New Creation, verse two. And uh, how I know, how, and now I know what you're talking about in from the head, in from my head, into my heart. When I was broken at the bottom, I found you are my healer and redeemer. Jesus, that's who you are. You brought me blessings out of tragedy. You turned my old song into a symphony and with your spirit living inside of me i am a new creation a new creation just a little taste so check that that one out good stuff yeah cool and uh the final thoughts the final thought so you know i had uh one uh ready and i decided to go another way um i'm gonna go with ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 because i think it sort of works together well with our whole message today on humility because humility is an important thing if we're going to really be powerful Christians, we talked about, we need to be humble. And a lot of it is about learning to control not only our thoughts, but our tongue, which is difficult. And so I want to kind of close out today with a thought from Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse 29. It says, speak only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that they may ben- that it might benefit those who listen. I think that takes humility because sometimes we want to tell people what makes us feel good about ourselves. We want to talk about what makes us feel good about ourselves. We want to share what's important to us. Um, we even want to correct people sometimes for the wrong reason. What if we only spoke what was good and helpful for building up, up people? Now, that, that doesn't mean everything we say is going to be positive. Sometimes you do have to go to people humbly um, and in love 
love share, you know, something that may be wrong in their life so that you can help them onto the right direction. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying it's all just, you know, Hey, have a great day. You know, only saying positive things, but only what will build them up. And sometimes it it is, you know, it is correcting them that builds them up. So uh, today I just want to challenge all of our listeners. Think about it. Every time you want to say something, stop, put on your humble pants, as I said earlier, (laughs) and think, is this going to be helpful, encourage and build up the needs of others? Or is it going to tear them down? Mm -hmm. And maybe choose not to say it if it's not going to do the right thing. And if you're not sure, pray about it first. I had an interesting conversation that kind of stems from, I mean, kind of goes with that. Um, I was talking to somebody, I'm not going to mention names. Um, they're having some relationship issues mm-hmm. and, uh, one person a is, uh, can come on a, a little abrasive okay. towards person B. Okay. So person B is a little bit timid about approaching person A because of this abrasiveness, right? So I said to person A, you should not be abrasive, but let the spirit lead your conversation and act as though Jesus Christ himself is sitting there in the room observing your relationship and only speak with that mindset that he's watching because he is. Yeah. And hopefully it, you know, I think that's some kind of hit home, but that's some wise advice. I mean, you know, think yeah. about it. If, if we did everything, including our speaking, our actions, our worship on Sunday morning, if we did everything realizing, not pretending, but right. realizing, realizing that he is watching us. Right. Wouldn't that change everything? Absolutely. I think it's a good way to stop this show. Good Absolutely. Job, Folks have a great night. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, be humble. Do all things in Christ um, because without him, we are hopeless. Amen. And with that, say good night, Rick. Good night, Rick. Good night, Nate. Good night, Nate. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.